Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so very happy that you tuned in today because we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is getting over, releasing ourselves from these unconscious blocks that we have. And and this particular arena of life is so very important. My guest today is Chela Diaz, and she is a speaker and trainer who specializes in identifying and releasing Money blocks. That's right. The greenback, the money, the moolah, the stuff that makes the world go round. Yes, unfortunately and fortunately, it is something that we do need to deal with. And we are going to be talking about so many different aspects. Uh, Chella also is the author of the book Money Boot Camp, Financial Literacy for Teens. She works, again, with women, uh, in particular doing these workshops, but she also works with teenagers, which is a whole. We're going to talk about that, that whole subject. So welcome to Out of the Box with Christine Chella. How are you doing? I am marvelous. Thank you very much. I am so glad to be here. I am too because this is a subject matter that I know a lot of people, we talked before the the mic was on, that there's something about finances and money that some people and the majority, and I'm going to ask you, but the majority I think are women. When you start talking about numbers and finances, it's like they want to put the, the fingers in the ears and go, la, 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 I don't, I don't hear you. I don't want to. Why is that, would you say? Well, 76% of women believe that they're not good with money. Say that again. 76% of women believe that they're not good with money. I say believe because for the longest time, we men took care of the finances, right? We didn't really have to do any of that. And I believe that it's okay if you're married to have the man take care of the finances. But at least you should know what's going on. What are those numbers? Right, because he ain't going to live forever. (laughs) Well, one and two, let's 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 be honest, folks. I'm divorced. So what happens when you're divorced and he's no longer there to take care of the finances? So we have to be real with that. Right. And there are so many, uh, like you mentioned, there's so many single parents, uh, same-sex couples as as well, right? And and I like the idea of both people. If, you're, if you are in a relationship to have both people really have their head wrapped around finances because um, also there's, there's no surprise. The number one... Um, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm going to say. The number one reason for divorce is, is money. Is money. And, and we have different ideas about money. And I'm so glad. we, Folks, we did not prep that. But that's exactly what it is. Because if you have the money conversation, 
right? How did he, even on same sex, right? Just have the money conversation. What, how did you grow up? You know what I mean? The other person, right? So for me, I have to say growing up, it was you have to work hard for your money. You got to work hard. You got to <laughs> struggle, right? right? So what if the other person, if the other person comes from money, they're going to have a different point of view. You just have to be born. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to spending money, so now let's say that we're in a, in a relationship, but when it comes to spending money, we have two different points of views. So I will use mine. Uh, my former husband was a shopper. Well, I'm not, right? But we had to have that conversation because for him, you know, he had a rough day. Shopping was, you know, retail therapy. Folks, we call it, we call it retail therapy for a reason because a lot of people want to go out and shop. But imagine me, the other person is not a shopper. Right there, you're going to have a, a money agreement or disagreement. A, con a conflict. Okay, we're going to have a conflict, right? Because we're coming, uh, approaching money from two different point, points of views. And, and again, when you, what we were talking about originally is uh, that most women believe that they're not good with money, not well with money. That is, um, is part, yes, part cultural, Right. Part, um, I guess, the time in which you were raised, uh, you would think that, you know, compared to, let's say, the, the, the 1950s or 30s to today, you would think that we have, well, with, you know, with women's liberation and education and also saying, hey, sweetheart, you know, Prince Charming is not going to necessarily come and save you. You need to do this on your own. You would think that that would change things quite a bit. But it, it hasn't. It hasn't. Because we still believe, again, this is the belief. We still believe because women are up at night, they're up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking that they don't have enough money to retire. That's, yes. How do you know my, <laughs> how do you know my sleepless nights? <laughs> right? We think about all these things, right? And it's about getting, overcoming that. You know, it does not need to be difficult. It does not need to be hard, ladies, and I'm very, very excited that today we're going to share five tips to get you on your financial track. It, it is going to be simple. It's not going to be easy because, you know, the monkey chatter, whatever, in the little voices, they're going to come up. But trust me when I say this, you spend five weeks doing these tasks and you will feel comfortable about money. That's all. You're going to feel comfortable about managing your money. You're going to feel comfortable about what it takes for you to survive month to month. And you're going to be in a position to save money into your possibility bucket, which we're going to talk about. And also with that, it frees up that energy to what I like about this whole thing is that it'll free up the energy so that we don't think that it. I want to change the belief that you have to work hard to be successful, to have abundance. I don't, I, 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 I know that there are some people, they do, they work hard, they work, you know, like on the weekends, they work crazy hours and they are successful and financially they, they are doing well. But I know that there are people that, that also don't have to do that. And I want to tap into that for, for I want to change those belief patterns, those, those ingrained, right, those neural pathways that say you must work hard to um, make money and I am no good at money. <laughs> those neural <laughs> pathways that have been dug in like trenches. I want us to, to rewrite those. Right. We're just going to change the conversation. We're going to change how we talk to ourselves about that.
Okay, let's. And it's as simple as that, folks. Trust me. I like that. <laughs> we like simple, Jella. Um, so, um, all right. So let's let's hit the first one. What's what's the very first thing that we can do? The very first thing, and this is going to be five very quick five. Uh, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to keep track of how you're spending your money. Anytime you spend over a dollar, you're going to write it down, and you're going to do this for seven days. There's no judging, there's no comparing, there's no analyzing. You spend it, you write it down. At the end of the seven days, you're going to divide whatever you spent into two columns. How much did you spend on wants? How much did you spend on needs? Again, we have compassion for ourselves. We don't judge it. If you spend $7 in a coffee, speaking from personal experience right now, uh, if you spent $30 on a pair of sandals, it doesn't matter. You simply write it down. Step one, keep track of how you're spending your money. Anytime you spend over a dollar, you write it down at the end of seven days, put it in two separate columns. And do you include, okay, so that's like your day-to-day thing when you, if you're getting a cup of coffee or uh, grabbing lunch or things like that. But does that also mean when you um, when you pay your bills? See, she's already one step ahead, folks. So that, <laughs> do we write those? But is, but is that on but the see, list? But see, what happens is, so the magic is that seven days, Yeah, you do it. And then you're going to do this for four weeks. Okay. So as the time, so the second week, when you have your mortgage or your car payment or your rent or your utility bills or your phone bill, that's also going to be part of the list because that's what you paid out. And that would be, well, rent would be a need. Right. Oh, look at her. We, we do need to live in a <laughs> dwelling. Um, cable. Very good question. I Is that a you need or a want? Well, also, let's say you you need it because you need to have the internet connect connections. Let's okay. say that we need it. Yeah. Yeah. But can we go out and do a little shopping, comparison shopping at this point in time? Yes, we can. Right. Yeah. So it's about need. So this is it. So during those four weeks that you're doing this couple of magical things are going to happen. One, you're going to identify when you shop. When do you go do retail shopping? <laughs> is it happened on, no, it really, because yeah. th- this is it. Every single person that has done this, they find. So do they go on weekends? Is that where your week spots are? Is it on a Wednesday night? Is that a Thursday night? Is it a Friday night? You want to find out when is it that you go out and spend money on needs, when do you do it on wants? Okay. Right? Needs, obviously, the rent, we have to pay that. Correct. First of the month, fifth of the month, or whatever. But when are you spending that wants? And when you see this in paper and you say, you know, I'll use one of my clients. So she found out after doing this for four weeks that she was spending $600 in going out to eat for lunch. A month. A month after the four weeks. $600 a month on lunch. going out for lunch. Okay. Lunch. But when you see well, it on paper, because a glass of wine, you know, you can't just have a sandwich or a salad. <laughs> Jella, you got to have a glass of, you know, Pinot Grige. So then when you, you see that, she chose, I don't believe you have to give up. So she chose to cut back. She only went out to lunch on Fridays and she started saving $500 a month towards a down payment of a house. Right? Because once you know where your money is going, then you can adjust and say, right, gotcha. Or, gotcha. or it just make the other choices, right? Am I going to, do I want to pay off some debt? Do I maybe want to go out to lunch and whatever the money, I'll pay off the credit card debt? Or my favorite, 
Do I want to put some money into my possibility account? That possibility account. Are we going to talk about that? We're going to. Okay. Well, <laughs> another thing was, was uh, and this, because I've, I've heard this from, from several people when it comes to the, uh, the wants, right? Uh, on that list of wants, when you add it up, um, are, are people who, let's say they have a hat, smoking. They, when they sit down and add it up, because, oh, a pack here, a pack there, they're not thinking about it, right? But when they add it all up, and they go, oh, my gosh, this is how much I spend a month. Obviously, it's not good. You know, it affects your – it impacts your health, which can cost you financially later as well. But when you see it in black and white, again, it adds up like those Starbucks coffees. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right? That's that's a, that's a, four new tires on my car or <laughs> – that's like you said. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not a down payment on your on your. What is it? Possibility list. It's a possibility account. So account. Christine cannot wait any longer. So yeah, we're going to talk about that. the possibility account. Okay. So I like the possibility account because in the possibility account, I have I want to have three months of my monthly obligations. I want to start saving for a vacation that I want to take. I want to put money in there for my tires that I'm going to need in two years. Mm-hmm. I want to put in, I want to buy a new computer. So this is, that's it. It's a possibilities, right? It's not an emergency fund because I don't like, the per- personally don't like the emergency thing. But it's a possibility because you can put anything. Well, do I want to start investing for a future? Right. Do I want to do short-term investment, long-term investment? All of this could be into the possibility account, which is why I love it. Because the minute you start seeing that possibility account grow, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to not go to, the coffee and pay seven bucks. Right. It's not. It's going to make it a lot easier for you to pack your lunch instead of going out to lunch. I'm not saying you're not ever going to do it. It's just more often you're going to, to do it. And also, you know, the other thing I really highly recommend is that you have a list of at least five things you're going to do for yourself as a reward. What five, you, five, five things, things we're going to do for ourselves as a reward. As so a let's reward. say you accomplished a milestone whatever that may be, you save $2,000. What are you going to do to treat yourself? Because I don't think we do that enough to actually consciously go out and do something for ourselves. You know, and I'll, I'll share some of the ones for my clients. Some of them want to go out and get their car washed. That's a treat for them. Right. Some of them go on to go out and buy a nice bottle of wine. Some of them go out for a mani and a pedi. Some of them go for a drive to the beach a list of five things so that you know that you're going to do something on this list when you accomplish a milestone. And you set your own milestone, whatever that may be. If it's $1,000 or... It's $500, right? right? It's it's you. It's it's a reward for yourself because I don't think we do that enough. Yeah, no. We just go. I think we bounce around. We bounce around, we bounce around, and we're also... um, preoccupied there's so many things going on and that's why also too i think that we do spend money that we we're not even realizing so this whole idea about writing it down uh everything over a dollar writing it down uh, on your list and what was wants what were needs right yep. that is so brilliant because because we are so um busy and when you're busy things just you just go and do things you know and it's almost sometimes it's out of habit and other times it's just out of that sheer energy of just being bounced around this 
you know, this world and you, you don't even realize it, but having it writing, writing it down, that's awesome. So that's number, that's number one. One, the, one was keeping track. You're going to do it for four weeks. Four weeks. Right. And then we're going to start thinking of your money as dividing them into three buckets, your needs, your wants, and your possibility. Okay, so needs, wants, and possibilities. So that's all still under number one. No, that's that we've already done. Is that number, number two? three? That's number, number three. three. That's what number was three. Number two. Number one is you're keeping track. Number two, you're dividing to wants and needs. Okay. Number three you're is adding the possibility. Again. Yeah. Okay. You start thinking. Start dividing your money. How much are you going to put into the possibility? What do you want to do with that? Gotcha. Okay. No, that's number three. Number four is compassion, compassion, compassion. This is the beginning. Today is the first day of your financial fitness. We're not going to look back at mistakes we made last year. We're not going to look back as to how we overspent and whatever we purchased that we did not need. That's going to come up, but you're going to have compassion because today is the new start of your financial fitness. And number five is I recommend you get an accountability partner. Get two or three people that have similar, you don't have to have same goals, obviously, but have similar goals. I'll share. I have two weaknesses, folks, and I've been doing this for many, many years. I cannot resist things on sale, even if they're not for me. I want to buy them. I know. I know. And purchasing personal development courses. Those are my two weaknesses. So when I get tempted to do that, I call my accountability partners and I justify to them my sale. Why do I want to purchase this? Why do I? And so they just listen. They don't judge. They don't ask questions. It's you're just sitting there supporting each other. Because we all need that, right? Yeah. We need that person that's not going to judge us. It cannot be your partner. It cannot be your spouse no. or life partner. No, no, no. no okay, no. good. We're, we're good on that page. But find a group of two or three of you that are going to support each other. It's great to be supportive, but also it's great to share your wins. I reached my goal today, right? Have that person that's going to have your back. Well, also, too, see, when you're just by your little lonesome self and you see a sale on something or you see this really cool, you know, self-development kind of course thing, it's so easy just to hit buy now, right? But then when you have to, it's not justifying it, but when you have to say it to another person and you have to speak it out loud and say the words, yes, I really do need that purse (laughs) or shoes or whatever, new laptop, tablet, whatever it is that you're, you're, you were going to just buy your lonesome in your happy little, you know, world on your phone, say buy now, you speak the words that also changes things, right? Because then yes. you go, do I really need that? Exactly. And the other person just listens to you, right? It, right. It's just, but you're building your support community, gotcha. right? And not only that, but now it's three of you meeting and accomplishing a financial goal, which right. I think that's the magic, right? So you're not just there to support, but you're also building and helping each other get to the whatever next level is for them. I really liked... Um, what you have is number four, and I want to go back to that because number four you had was compassion, compassion, compassion. And I think that we as human beings, we beat ourselves up for a whole host of things. 
we ended up having, you know, we have a day where we're eating all carbs and then the next day we we're so hard on ourselves and we hate ourselves and we're like, why did I eat that? I feel like crap. I, you know, I, I, we beat ourselves up all the time. And especially when it comes to money. And if maybe we are working a job and we didn't ask for that raise when we knew we were qualified for it, but we, we, we kind of remained a little bit small and we just, we, we just went, well, you know, I probably won't get that raise if I ask for it. And then I'll be embarrassed about it and all these justifications. Right. And then later we beat ourselves up for it and we beat ourselves up for why did I buy that bag and shoes? Why did I spend that money? Oh my gosh. And we beat ourselves up. So I really like number four. I think that's so important. Number four should be number one. Right. Because we, it's all going, it's going to come up, right? But it just, this is your first day, folks. This is a brand new beginning for you. And you are, and I don't, you're going to fall, right? It's not about how many times you fall off the financial track. It's about how many times you get back on track. Because that's what's going to count. That's what's going to build up your possibility account. That's what's going to get you to reach whatever financial goals you have. Folks, if you're just tuning in, shame on you. Um, <laughs> my guest is Chella Diaz, and uh, her website is ChellaDiaz.com if you want to check her out and find out more information about the work that she does. But in addition, again, to being a speaker, uh, she holds different workshops with not only with women, but also teens as well. We're going to get into that in just a second. But um, really, her specialty is identifying and releasing uh, the money blocks that we have. And this can apply to everybody, too, folks. It's not just for women. It's not just for teens. It's for you guys out there, too, who also have those blocks around money. And it could be um, it, it also could be the, the messages that we send men and young, you know, young men in particular, that you're nobody unless you become a, you know, baller, billionaire. You need to have the fancy car to get the girl and the big bank account and all those things. Those are stories that have been floating around, you know, our consciousness. And um, just as the stories about how women are not good with finances the stories that are placed on men with money, uh, you're the breadwinner, right? All those things. There's a lot of stories around money and, and those blocks. What would you say are some of the, the biggest blocks that we have around money, finances, and things like that? It's the stories we heard as children that we don't even realize we carry around. So, Because sometimes it's difficult to identify a story. Um, I will share that I encounter a six-year-old. The parents had just finished paying all the bills. They're sitting around the table. They're very open. And they said, we have no money. But they had no money because everything had been paid off, right? So in actuality, they're in good shape. But all she heard was, we have no money. Um, I had to be at their house that weekend. We went out for a mani and a petty, and then we did a little baking. And what she took from that conversation is that she's going to be homeless, right? Because we don't know. As a six-year-old, adult saying we have no money just means we just paid everything off. We're in the great shape. But to a six-year-old is we have no, we, I'm going to be homeless. Yeah. So it's, it's about finding and identifying. So I invite your listeners to think about what was that first money conversation they remember 
adults were talking about money, what was that conversation? And how did that conversation, what effect did it have as adults? So I share mine, you know, you have to work for hard for your money. So I always thought that you have to work hard for your money. And, you know, that came from my dad. My mom was a housewife. But it took me a long time to overcome that, right? I don't have to work hard for my money. I, I'm smart about working for it, right? But, you know, even publishing a book and having money coming in every month from the sales of that book, right? That goes against having to work hard. Correct. <laughs> So right. it's it's really identifying what that story was and doing some releasing of that. One of the big things we're going to give your listeners is I really believe in writing letters, mm-hmm. writing letters to that little child, writing letters to, you know, whoever that person, money conversation they were having, because that's really going to help you. You release it. So you think about it. The I like to think of it is the words flow through your hand onto paper and then you burn the paper. But release that story from your body so that you're making more room for possibilities. The minute you do that and you release some of that from your head, from your brain, it opens up possibilities and it has happened every single time. You know, somebody may gift you a ticket to go somewhere. Somebody may invite you to go to an event. You know, you may get a check in the mail that you weren't anticipating because you're being open to receiving happens every time every single time that that is something that i think is really important is that ability to tap into being open to receive um because again it's going against that neural that neural trench right the 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 neurons that were going back and forth saying you must work hard in order to have money you must suffer you must uh what's the word um you must uh, struggle you must struggle and that first of all, it's not that's not true. But that you going against that sometimes can be a little uncomfortable for us, right? Um, I I uh, my mantra the last uh, maybe four or five years has been I want to work smarter, not harder. And all that means is that you know I could, listen, I could um, probably work you know fifty hours a week and have a, a job that pays X amount of dollars per hour, you know, $20 an hour, $15 an hour, and I could work myself, you know, to the bone, so to speak, and not get ahead very, very, very well and have the added stresses of all the bills and all the things, mm-hmm. right? And so and if you have another bill come in, you know how that is when you, you're like, oh, my gosh, well, I'm only making so much. But the idea to working smarter, not harder, is to find out what you can do in a shorter amount of time so that you have the time to have those things in life that are important. If it's spending time with your children, if it's reading, if it's um, getting exercise and being out in nature, whatever that is, because that to me is, that is, is just as important in life. Or volunteering. What if you volunteer? make the time to go volunteer? You know, that's to me, that's the best way to give back. But you actually end up receiving so much more. Right. So what if you volunteer, you know, somewhere and you do have either 40 hours or whatever. But if you're able to volunteer and spend some time giving back, the gratification to me is tenfold. Oh, yeah, I I agree. And then that also puts you in a different energy um, of receiving as well because you're giving. What are some what are um, a few other of the, the blocks that we have around money? Obviously, 
the the idea that you have to struggle or work hard those 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 conversations that we heard our parents say are there others that come to mind for you that people have a have a difficult time with yes how are you treating money right because mm-hmm. i recently was in somebody's car and there was money all over the place change all over the place so how are you treating money think of money as a friend so are you being nice to money are you welcoming money in or are you just tossing it and taking it advantage? I mean, are you arguing with money? I don't have enough. Why are you only coming to me? Or what, what, what is the relationship we have with money? You know, are you grateful and thankful every time you're able to pay that bill? That's what I, <laughs> that's how I flip the script. I turn it around. I try to turn it around um, when I hear, also when I hear people say, oh, I got to pay rent. And I say, Oh, I said, but isn't it wonderful that you have a place to live? You know, there's a lot of people in this world that don't have even, they don't have a place to live. And, or if they are living in a place, it's, you know, the thing is that I like to say when I write a check for something, in my mind as I'm writing the check, I am grateful that I am able to pay this. And you know what I do with, um, because this is always, this was for many years was, uh, when it was tax time, when it was tax season, and, and I would, I had it so that I, you know, basically at the end of the year, I would, I knew I would write, write a check to, to for taxes. I knew I was going to have to write a check. And for the longest time, it was like, oh, I hate writing that check. I'm going to use a check. The government's going to use it for no good. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on war. So um, I'm like, how much of that dollar, you know, out of every dollar, how much is going to go to, you know, taking over other country, you know, all this stuff, right? And what I ended up doing is, and I still do this to this day, when I write the check, first of all, I'm grateful that I have that I have made enough money to owe money, okay? I'm grateful to owe that money to the government. And then I will write in the little memo section, I write a little note and I say, please use this money for really wonderful things. Now, are they going to use it for wonderful things? I don't know. It, but that doesn't matter. It's the intention. It's your energy behind it. It's the energy of sending that money. Not yep. like, it, oh, you know, you got to tear it out of my hands. Yeah. Right? Even if it's a quarter, it's a dime. I was sitting at Costco not too long ago, and there's a nice lady walking by, and she had one of the, the soda drinks that you get. She wasn't going to have it. And she's like, would you like one? Yeah, great. It was 59 cents, whatever dollar. But I was grateful. Because I was going to go buy a soda, right? right? But even things like being grateful that somebody offered you a soda or finding a dime, at, at just be grateful for everything. The more grateful you are, guess what? The universe is going to send you a heck of a lot more of it. Right. Right? So just being grateful for no matter what it is. We have great, you know, the dime, a nickel, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The more you start being grateful for it, the more things are going to show up. So what's the money relationship? You know, what is your money relationship? And how can you flip it around just like Christine did, right? It's about being grateful that I choose to pay rent. I am grateful that I have the funds to pay rent. Yes. Right? I am grateful that I get to pay my phone bill. Exactly. Before it's due. <laughs> Before the date that it says it, I, I like to do that with my credit cards. Oh, and that's another, there's a question I have for you, Shala Diaz. Credit cards, love them, like them, hate them. Uh, what do you think about credit cards? I think that they have a purpose, and I am going to, to share with you the, what I share with my high school students. So the adults 
you if you're paying interest on your credit cards, you're making somebody else rich. So we're just going to leave it at that. You you choosing to make somebody else rich because you're paying that interest. On the other hand, credit scores, not credit cards, but the credit scores can be very helpful. Yes. Right? Because I have some realtor friends and they like to shop and they pay off their credit cards and she was able to get a 42 inch flat screen TV for free because she had that many points available to her, right? So credit cards can work for you if you know how to work them. As long as you're not keeping a balance on them, as long as you're not making somebody else's pockets bigger, it could be benefit for you. Well, also, like with, well, with me, because I travel quite a bit, um, the love of my life is on the other side of the planet. And so I travel quite a bit and I use, I have the credit cards that are the, the mile, the, right. the airlines credit cards, right? Now they have some, I, I did look on the back of those statements and they got some crazy ass uh, interest rates, 25, 29%, right? But what I do is that, you know, if I even if I um, purchase an airplane ticket with their airplane credit card, first of all, you get sometimes you'll get double miles, triple miles, you know, um, on that. But I'll make sure that I pay that if not all in full, then um, a vast majority of it uh, down so that there's maybe a couple hundred dollars left in it. But that is uh, is a great way to get something that is like money. Because if not, you, you basically you can. I've got enough miles now that I can fly round trip, you know, to Australia, to the. I could go probably to the moon and back if I wanted to, but um, I use those. So for big ticket items, I use those kind of credit cards also to to get the miles. Here's something too that I learned um, relatively quickly when you take out a loan. Like I had to do a personal loan. Mm-hmm. I did a a few years ago, it was about $10,000. I had to take out a loan for a situation. And I, the, the, the interest was actually not bad. Mm-hmm. It was relatively low, below the two-digit number, mm-hmm. right? So, but the payments, the monthly payments were around $300 a month. And it was automatically taken out of my, which is good because I wasn't going to sit there and write a check and lick the stamp. So what I noticed, though, this is what's so funny, right? About three days after I paid off that loan, four days max, I get all these emails from all those credit card companies. Congratulations, Christine. Um, based upon your good credit, we are raising your limit. So I went from a f- maybe a $5,000 limit on a credit card now to $10,000 because I've paid that loan off. Are they all watching Yes. Do they but, all get a little yes. email alert saying yes. ding 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 she paid <laughs> she, she paid did. off that that money she's free. she might need some more money. She just went from and this is how I explain it for my high school. So a credit score to me is like a grade you received at school. So just based and we don't know the the but I believe that Christine went from a C to an A cuz that's what happens when you pay off your credit card. Or, or loans or, or debt right. or anything like that is that they see that your credit score increased. So now you're at an A. So, of course, they're going to offer you more money. Right. And that's the magic, too, right? Because Christine and I, we both have the same job. We both um, want to go get that brand new car. 
and she has a 780 credit score, and I have a 650. So she has an A, I have a better D plus. So she's going to be able to get a much lower interest rate because she has that A or she has that 780 credit score, and I'm probably going to get a much higher interest rate, so my payments are going to be much higher. Because and doesn't I'm a that much keep it also, though? Isn't that interesting in the, in, for people who, who are in the lower economic strata that keeps the perpetuation, right? Absolutely. And I know because if you're talking to teenagers too, and I, and especially uh, kids that are from different socioeconomic backgrounds, but that's something that's that vicious. And then there's the whole lending treat, you know, the whole thing of like you got these perp- uh, what do they call them? Um, hard money lenders. Uh, what are they called? The hard money lenders. Yeah, and they're they call <laughs> but they call them uh, not perps. What are they called? <laughs> predatory, predatory, predatory lenders. Yeah. They'll say, oh, oh, we'll give you a, a measly grand, but it'll cost you your shirt. Yep. And that's why we want to be aware. So I do believe the credit cards serve a purpose as long as you know how to use them, right? Because you can use them to your advantage. You can get free stuff. You can get those free miles so for you to get applied. You can get some of them have some really cool stuff at their store that you yes. can get for yeah. free. Oh, yeah. Right, so you can use it to your computers, advantage, they, or you yeah. can computers, uh, gift cards. Yeah, I like to get my gift cards. Um, and then for the, the listeners out there, please, please, if you're cur- currently paying for somebody to watch your credit score, stop. That's the thirty dollars savings a month. Just imagine what you can do with that. Credit agencies are required to give you a free credit score once a year. There's three major credit credit um, agencies out there, so you can get one, you know, once a year. You can do it every six months. Go to a different agency and get your free credit score. So there is no need for you to spend that twenty nine, thirty dollars, whatever that amount is, for somebody to watch your credit score because you can do it for yourself. Okay, I have a question for you, Miss <laughs> Money Expert. Um, okay, let's say I have, hypothetically speaking. Like six credit cards, right? And they're all at this, you know, they're all at this point like a thousand dollars or less on each credit card. Maybe one has five hundred dollars balance, one has a thousand. Maybe one's creeping up to two thousand. But let's just say I've got like six all together, and uh, one of them I've actually I've got like no balance on. I've heard mixed stories on this. If I want to close out that credit card. I'm like, I don't really use this anymore. Um, they already have high interest. I've already got all these other credit cards. I don't need six credit cards, Chella. I want to get rid of one of them or two of them. I've heard mixed stories. Like some people are like, don't, don't close that. It's going to, it's going to make your credit bad. It's going to affect your credit. What is the story on credit cards when you want, can we ever close a credit card account? No. Oh, really? <laughs> That's not the answer I wanted, Jala. I'm sorry. But this is good for your listeners because if your listeners currently have three credit cards, don't go out and get six. Oh, don't be like Christine. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing with that is we have six credit cards. You close one, right? Yeah. You can turn around and open it the next day or the two days. Yeah, no, but I don't want it anymore. I understand that. I but, want to cut but, it up. This is from a lender's point of view. Oh. I'm the lender right now. Okay. So I'm the lender. So for me, if I'm looking at your credit history, you closed it, but you can turn around and go back and open it one week from today. Uh-huh. 
So that means that you, let's say they, they all have a balance of 2000 each. Mm -hmm. That's how much credit you have in it. So technically, you could go out and charge $12,000 because you have that available credit. Right. So this is strictly from a lender's point of view because I was a, a real estate underwriter for you know, a couple of years. So from a lender's point of view, you closing it doesn't mean anything right. because you could turn around and open it. Okay. And unfortunately, a lot of people abuse that. So we've learned. So we have to take whatever you have, even if a credit card is two years old and you haven't used it, right? You still could reopen it because they're going to give you the credit. So that credit card's going to stick with me forever. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> but it's great for your listeners, all right? So don't go out and, you know, pay this credit card with that other credit card because whatever credit cards you have, even if you close them, they're going to stay with you. They're okay. going to follow you. So, but I can, so, but it is a good idea to take the balance down to zero. It's not, I'm not going to get harmed for having zero balance in my credit card, right? That's a, that's a mis, mis norma out there. That's a myth, folks. It's a myth. The credit card companies, once you have a good credit score, you're going to maintain a good credit score. Yeah. Um, the credit agencies would like for you to have 30% on there. So let's say it's $1,000. Your balance should not be more than $300 for you to have a good credit score. Oh, in other words, they, your, your limit or the, yeah, your credit limit with the credit card, let's say it's $1,000. Right. They want you to have 300 that you owe them. Correct. Okay. No more than 300. Okay. But, However, but what yeah, but, but yeah, but what if you have what if about, you take it down to zero? What we're going to use. You can take it down to zero, but they still want to see some activity. Ah, okay. So buy your latte with a credit card if you or, need to. Or or buy your groceries or buy your gas and pay it off every month. Yeah. They want to see that activity because if you close them and you don't use them, then it's not going to show any activity. So how does the lender know that you're able to meet your monthly obligations on a timely fashion? Again, from the lender's point of view. From the lender's point of view. Right. Okay. How do they know, right? If you're not using them consistently, paying it every month or, you know, whatever the case may be, how do they know that if they're going to grant you the house or the car or whatever, how do they know that you're able to maintain. Yeah. And if you have, if you do have like uh, um, on your credit card, you, you, you charge something and it's a, you know, relatively big ticket item. Um, do you recommend, um, I know you're not going to recommend paying the bare minimum. <laughs> okay. But do you recommend um, paying a large portion of that? Or do you recommend doing it at a certain percentage that would be more favorable, like 50% of what's owed or 30% of what's owed? What do you, is there, is there even a number that's, that's decent? It's going to be the number because I want you to pay as least amount of interest as possible. So if you're able to pay 50% of the one shot and then do 25, 25, mm -hmm. that will be ideal because that 50% is going to cut back on the amount of interest Correct. you owe to them. Correct. And always check the back of the bank statements, the, uh, the credit card statements, people. Always, 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 because then you will see how much. They're not going to say it on the front. It's on the back in the little tiny little print, and it says the, uh, the interest on the purchases that you, um, and, and also like the cash back, that whole thing. But the interest on the purchases, it could say 24 25%. 
like I said, close to 29%. What's the highest interest you've ever seen? Well, you know what? I, I think like 35 was the highest I ever 35%. seen. 35%. Yeah. And I don't even want to say who the lender was. But the other thing with that, folks, is another saving tip. I can't help myself with the saving tips. Mm-hmm. Um, check. Call your credit card company. Let's say you do have a high interest rate. Call them up and don't give up. Call at least three times. And let me give you an insider tip. Call different times of the day because you're going to get a different person, right? So call them up and I said, listen, I have this interest rate here. Is there anything you can do to help me to lower it? Listen, folks, all they can say is no. Have you had them ever, have you ever had them lower your interest? Absolutely. You have? Absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. My clients have had this. Really? Oh, God, yes. Oh, that's that's a huge savings. It is. That's a YouTube show right there, (laughs) Chella. Okay, that's brilliant. Okay, so just call them up and ask. Yeah, you know what? I, I, well, I've done something not, not to that extent. Uh, when I'll get a, uh, a phone bill or, or actually, or even when I, when, I, when I do send a payment on a credit card thing, this is when I was using checks before. <laughs> but <laughs> when I would send it and it would get there like a day late or something, I would call them up because they charge you like a $35 fee on some Macy's. <laughs> so I, I would get a fee and I go, oh, th- oh, what is this? $35 penalty for being a day late. I would call them up and I would say, you know what? I've been a long customer. Uh, I've never been, I've never, look at your, look at your own records. I've never been late. You charged me $35 for this late fee and they always take it off. They do. And that's the other thing. What you, so you're calling up your credit cards. We want to hear from you folks. You call up the credit card company and they said, I'm sorry, we can't honor that at this point. Make sure you speak to three people because three people is a magic, folks. Don't give up. Call three people. I don't care how long you have to be on hold. Be on hold while you're waiting at the grocery store. Three, call three times. And if they say, at this point, you're too new to us. We don't know your record. Put it on your calendar. Call them back in three months. Because normally credit card companies want you to be have a payment history with them anywhere from three to six months. Mm-hmm. Call them back, right. right? Don't give up. Call them back. Call them back. It's worth it because the lower the interest rate, the faster you're going to be able to pay that off. Smart. That's why you're. That's why you're the specialist. You're the money specialist. Um, another thing that I noticed, and this came to my surprise, because I had really, I had really great credit. And I had a situation where I, uh, we were looking at uh, helping uh, someone in my family, and it was a substantial loan. Like, we're talking a lot of money. And um, I was to be a co-signer, okay? Well, first of all, the paperwork that you have to fill out to be a co-signer on a loan like that, you know what? It's easier to get a date with the Pope because it is the most complicated, right? They want your, they want your DNA. They want every bit of information you've ever had. You're like, I don't even know that. I don't even, I don't even know what you're talking about. What kind of, they want everything, everything. And so you go and do all this work. You, you're, you're losing your mind. You're sending them all this information. But when you, every single time you apply for that, I did not know this, Jella. You get a ding. My perfect, beautiful credit, because I was trying to help out a family member. The loan wasn't for me. It was just to co-sign. I got a ding. 
Yes, we, we, we're not going to talk about co-signing today um, because that could be a whole hour, yeah. some of the nightmares that I've seen. Um, but we will touch on it real quick. You know, thank goodness. But let's say in this case you got the loan and the person defaulted. Yeah. Then Christine would be responsible for the payments. Right. And that's not a good situation to be in. No. But let's say that you're, you're not co-signing. Let's say that you're going to go get a car. Right. Please, please do not share your social security number if you're just shopping. Because the minute they get your social security number, they don't they tell you this. In, they put it in the system. They don't tell you this. Because by you forwarding or giving them your social security number, it's like saying, I agree for you to run my credit. Even though they don't say that. You don't want them to run your credit because right. when you run the credit, you get a ding. So don't give them shop all you want, and you simply say, listen, we're just looking. I'm looking for a friend. You don't even have to, because some of those places can be a little bit pushy. Car I'm looking for a friend. Really? Pushy? No. no. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking for a friend. I'm just here shopping for a friend. So but do not give them your social security number because they're going to run a credit, and that's going to ding you. So by the time you get ready to go buy the car, your, your credit score is already lower. Your credit score is already lower, and then they say, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to charge you a higher interest. Oh, my gosh. Folks, do you hear how important this program is? <laughs> Make sure you share it with as many people as you can. Oh, my gosh. That's so – okay. Uh, there's so many things we can talk about. Well, I'm going to – can I have you back, too? Uh, okay. Absolutely. Yes? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Because, you know, it's interesting. We've talked about all this stuff, and I'm always, always happy to share the technical stuff, right, because it's important for you to know the well, basics. And we're not taught this. Yeah. This needs to be taught in schools, Chela Diaz. That's you why you. That's but that's what you do now. Now tell our listeners um, what you do. What you do uh, in the schools. What you're 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 doing. You're talking I, to kids. Right? I do. I do. Listen. It. I have to say, it is such a high every time I go in. I learn so much. My favorite workshop that I've done so far is for my foster kids. Oh. Listen. Oh, touch my heart, because talk about needs and wants, right? Yeah. So my foster kids, and they're not my foster kids, but they're foster kids that I happen to do a workshop for, they see getting a car as a want, not a need. Mm -hmm. Because for them, they're, one, they've never had one, but two, this is my high school foster kids, they feel that they're able to get around just fine by bus, public transportation. And here in L.A., folks, that's not really <laughs> good. In my opinion, it, we don't have the best, the best of public transportation. But I really, really, I, I want the high school students and even the college students to, I want to be able to open up that window for them to see money in a different way, to see that buying a brand new car is really not saving you any money. You're actually spending. I tell them, you lose 20% of that value the minute you drive off the lot. The minute the wheels are off the curb there, yeah. 20% off, right? But also, start thinking about money and dividing money into three buckets, right? Because if you start doing that, you see, okay, this is what I need every month. This is what I want to spend to go out to the movies and to whatever. And this is my possibility because I want to get new tires. I want to get a new computer. I want to save for, to buy a house. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? What, what is that possibility? And just, you know, even the credit scores, you know, how do we properly use credit scores? I think you need them because that's how lenders grade you basically. But being really, really intentional about 
what does that mean? What does that take? So that they don't go out and get themselves into credit card debt. Because we could have a whole show on once you graduate high school and you go to San Diego State University in the 80s. Okay. uh, Little person to note there. You know, if someone would have told me, be careful with those student loans. Be careful. And I didn't even go to. I didn't go to a big Ivy League. I didn't go to a school that was. I went to San Diego State, yo. Okay. And I swear it was 15 or 20 years later. I was still paying student loans. I was like, how do you come back to haunt me? The interest, too, on those. And you're young. You don't know. People signing, you know, signing contracts and, and, uh, and. And deals like that, um, there's a there's a whole business right there. Just just guiding uh, young people in the whole college loan uh, uh, arena, right? Absolutely. And also, credit cards are not out there as in a big way, so they're not allowed to send them. You're still going to get the applications to get, and I do believe that you still need one. So the magic number is three. All you need is three types of credit, folks. So if you don't have any, build up to three. And that could be just three types. So it could be a car loan that you went out. It could be a personal loan. Mm-hmm. It could be a credit card. Right. Um, personally, my own personal opinion is that I'd rather have a credit card versus a department store. Yeah. So if I get, you know, if I have a, a rough month or whatever, uh, I'm not going to be able to buy groceries with a department store. Can't use my Macy's <laughs> card when I need to eat. <laughs> right? So just get a credit card, you know, to maybe two credit cards and a car loan. And they, a lot of them, too, have the cash back. There's a particular bank. I will not name the bank, but a particular bank uh, that a, a quote-unquote friend has that, uh, you know, you have your regular debit uh, debit card that's associated with your checking mm-hmm. account. But then this particular bank actually has the, um, the credit card. Um, and surprisingly low interest rate compared to the other, uh, you know, airline credit cards, right? Actually, surprisingly low. I think it's like around 14% interest rate on that card. But then they have those things where if you get gas with that card, mm-hmm. you get three three times back, you know, the money back yeah. thing that they do. Uh, if you go and get groceries, you get two times back, I think. Um, but they give you incentives. So then when you go and you check your statement, your balance, you'll also see you have some money coming back to you, which you can apply towards a payment. Which is fabulous. And I think we, I definitely would love to have your listeners check into credit unions. I worked for a lending bank for many, many years, and I believe there's a reason for them. But check a credit union because credit unions, in my opinion, are the best kept secret. They have lower interest rates on your credit cards. They actually pay you just a little bit more on your checking accounts. Ah. Right? And so they're, you're, because most of the credit unions are nonprofit. Not that they're not there to make money, obviously, but they're, you're not a number, right? You are actually a member of the credit union. A member, a, like a community member, Correct. so to speak, right? And credit unions. I, you're, I, you're right. I totally forgot about credit unions. And I think my very first car loan that I had was through a, a credit union and, and, de- and really decent rate on, on that right. for somebody that was young and it was like really the first kind of big purchase. And I also like to think of credit unions. So if you do have a checking account with whatever, ABC Bank, 
um, have your possibility account, folks, in With the credit, credit union. union. Oh, okay. One, two things happen there. You also can't get at the money. <laughs> she, she, she stole my punchline, folks. Right? <laughs> you can't get to the money like you can with that other ABC bank that has tellers everywhere, little things. Well, actually, uh, that's the, also the best uh, myth about credit unions. Credit unions are actually, if you put them together, they have over 650,000 locations. Uh-huh. So that's no longer the case. Okay. But I like it that when you go to ABC Bank you, and you're short and you see that savings account in that, you're able to transfer it in one click, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, with a credit union, it's in a different account. So you want to, I got to say, you, you almost want to trick your little self, your mind. That into, it's not there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you're able to have automatically transfer that money into your credit union, I highly recommend you do that. Uh, you can always get the money because it's there. But what if you start putting everything, you know, f- into your possibility account and that's in a credit union? I like that. Right. Because you, you got to trick yourselves. We got to do what we got to do, folks. And do, credit, do they have decent savings um, uh, interest? Absolutely. Really? Yes. All right. I'm yes. going to check out a credit union. <laughs> <laughs> they most definitely do. It's pretty awesome. It, like I said, best kept secret is... Um, credit unions checking out, and also it's very easy to join a credit union. They have changed um, how you can join. So all you need to do is actually either work, live, or worship in that neighborhood where that credit union is located, and you're able to join them. Beautiful. Yes, I so. know of a, a of a credit union uh, in in my lovely town. Yeah, uh, so as it's well. very easy to join. So definitely highly recommend it. Uh, Chela Diaz, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I I want to have you back uh, more times if, if possible. Please, please. Yes. Absolutely, folks. Uh, we we actually barely touch. I know. We, we no, wanted to cover. That's why I'm going to have you back. That's why I'm going to have you back. And, um, of course, uh, for all of your all of the seminars and the workshops that you have, can people find out uh, more about w- upcoming workshops? They can uh, go to my website, and I also have a seven-day free challenge on Transcend Abundance on Facebook. Basically, some of the stuff that we cover here today, but it goes into a little bit more debt, so I walk you through the steps, the five steps that I provided you w- with you today. It's free. It's only about 20 minutes. It's seven days. I include a little meditation on there because I think it's important that we get centered. What's and the Facebook page? Transcend Abundance. Transcend Abundance is the Facebook page, and you can get more information on Chella and hopefully in a, a possible a link to that from her website, mm-hmm. ChellaDiaz.com, and that's C-H-E-L-L-A-D-I-A-Z.com. Please do check her out. And um, also, if you're on uh, on Amazon and you want to get the book, uh, it's a great financial literacy for teens. It's called Money Boot Camp. You can get that at Amazon. And there's more information, again, from her website, though, at ChellaDiaz.com. Thank you so very much. I so appreciate you. This has been so much fun, folks. We're gonna we're gonna get our money we're gonna get our money mind corrected and um and flow abundantly in all ways credit cards and credit cards and all <laughs> uh, folks thank you so very much for listening I want to remind you too that you can um, always if you want to save this uh, show if you want to share it with other people it's really easy to do you can share the YouTube video you can share the actual audio format please do uh, post it to your social media. 
um, pages as well. We want more people to hear what Chela Diaz is is doing and helping freeing people from their um, their money uh, blocks that they have since you know for, for years and years. We want everybody to have this information. So please do share the show as much as you can. And until next week, I want to remind you to always to think outside of the box. Bye for now. Thank you.